Don't they have like attack kites? Yeah. And the last kite that gets cut, there's like this race to go and to go and get it. It's like wind assisted conkers. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is, yeah. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Rooting Around podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Tom. And I'm Ed. And uh, this week we're talking about Afghanistan, but uh, we should probably talk about why we've kind of taken a, a small hiatus. How long are we off for? Two weeks. Three two weeks, weeks, maybe. Maybe three. I don't know. How did you use your, your three-week break, Ed? Um, went to Luxembourg for five days. Classic. Right. Yeah. Um, leaves us with, with uh, 17 days. <laughs> Does it? No, it doesn't. 16. Uh, no, I mean, it was Christmas and, I mean, yeah, nothing nothing special. How was your Christmas? Yeah, it was all right. My sister got COVID. So it was just me. That's such a shit present. Yeah, it was. It was non-refundable. Um, it was just me, my mum, wifey, and the cats. I mean, that doesn't and sound too bad. A lot of roast potatoes. That's what it's all about. And it's lint, all about roasties. Lint chocolates. Oh, yeah. And red wine. And red wine. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just sat there for all of Christmas, unfortunately. Aww. Two weeks solid. It was... No. It was 16 days I tested positive for. What? What? Yeah. Yeah, it's really annoying. Were you you ill for 16 days? I was stuffy. I was coughing for about a week and I was just stuffy for for the rest of it. But New Year's Eve was the first day I was was clean. So, party on. Anyway. Oh. Well, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. (laughs) Um, It's difficult to make Afghanistan lighthearted. Uh, this podcast is normally quite light, light-hearted, but it's... Um, I was hoping we could pad out a bit more with the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me about those cats at Christmas, Tom. <laughs> uh, all they did was um, talk about Afghanistan, annoyingly. Oh, so you, you've got plenty of facts then? I've got several facts. Afghanistan, known as the Islamic State of Afghanistan, or the Emirate of Afghanistan. 34 million population. Yeah, you just like steamrolling and just yeah, I'm not stealing fucking around. Facts facts it. Oh like, yeah, this it is does. Ed. Ed does the... Oh, go on, Ed. Regaler. From the top, we were going to try and do a, a slightly more organised, structured version. It's never too late. <laughs> I think it's too late for this specific episode. <laughs> so, it's actually the 37th most populous country in the world. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, after... Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 38 million people that's 63 luxembourgs nice mm-hmm. square kilometers 653 thousand yeah that's cool. 251 luxembourgs nice that's good good number of luxembourgs a lot of mountains so it's very sparsely populated then yeah mainly because of the mountains shaped like a pear as well sort of the country of the mountains mountains <laughs> no country Both. <laughs> um Largest producer, world's largest producer of opium. Can yep. you guess the percentage they produce of the whole production of the world? Oh, I'm guessing it's... 80s. Yeah, it's, it's high. It's 90. Nice. Wow. But who produces the other 10%? It's just neighbouring countries or... There's there's a whole thing about um, <clears throat> when the US... We'll, we'll talk about the Afghan war. The second Afghan war, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, which in, one? In, in detail. <laughs> um, the US like tried to dissuade... Afghan farmers from growing uh, poppies, mm. so they they bought them in load. They like gave loads of like agricultural tech and know how to them, and then as soon as they fucked off, the, the smart the Afghan farmers <laughs> used the tech to grow really efficiently <laughs> more poppies. Um, I couldn't find any information about because um, they, they a lot of hash comes out of Afghanistan, but I couldn't find right. any cannabis mm. growing stuff. It's all like but, Kush stuff up there, isn't it? Yeah. I can yeah. tell you all the opium-wise, I can tell you the how much money it brings in a year, which is crazy if you compare it to another stat I'm going to give you later about rugs. Uh, 300 <laughs> rugs? To, rugs. Okay. Afghan rugs. Yeah. <laughs> 300 to $400 million a year through opium. 340? No, 300 say? to $400 million. It's not that much. But it's, Considering if you it's, turned it into heroin, you would make way more money. And... and 
I suppose a lot of it is turned into heroin or not exactly like, you know, declared. <laughs> you can assume this number is very low. Do you reckon but that's where that extra 10% is? Is just, <laughs> just them. under the radar? <laughs> yeah. What What do they do with it? Like, does all that opium get turned into smack or does it, is it sold to like... What do you, morph- what do you make? You make morphine, dimorphine. Okay. Well, that's what heroin is. Is it poppies that just make opiates or is there other... I think it's only poppies that make... Most poppies will make some opium, but the opium poppy makes fucking loads. Oh, it's actually called the opium poppy? Yeah, I think so. Oh. They love poppies in Eastern Europe, and uh, one day... I'm not sure if I've told this story. Um, It's very far from Afghanistan, but Slovakia. Basically, I was seeing a girl, went to visit her, um, ended the relationship while I was visiting her. You ended the relationship while you were visiting her? Tell Uh, us how it happened. No, no, no. Me per se, it was just like a mutual, like, yeah, this is definitely not going to work. You got was, someone else to do it for you? Uh, no, why? No. No, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me. I know. <laughs> it, was it, it, it was more like, oh shit, this is not going to work anyway. So I left. Uh, and why, her, why wasn't it going to work? Her person, like, like <laughs> she was <laughs> a dick. <laughs> no, no, she was a really lovely girl, but she was going through a lot uh, what's, what's with her, name? her family. Rebecca. Shout out, Rebecca. Uh, and <laughs> Hope your family are better. <laughs> and her parents were really nice. And uh, when I left, they they gave me like this pastry, which had poppy seeds. Yeah. Because they, they love that shit. And I was, I, I got on the bus. It was quite an emotional day. Like it was, I was not feeling great. Anyway. Are you saying you got drugged? <laughs> no. no. There's, it's I pretty depressing after a breakup getting onto public transport. Yeah. And I, and I got on like a coach to Vienna. To stay with a mate, uh, so like an hour coach. But I was on the coach like this whole time, like I'm, I'm gonna, you know, take my time. I still have three days uh, out here, so I'm just gonna go off the bus, find a nice park. Vienna's beautiful, so I'm just gonna sit in the sun and eat this pastry, right? That's a good closure, isn't well, it? Well, so you didn't. So you had that. You had the pastry, and the whole time you were on the bus, you weren't like. So, no, I'm because I nibble. knew I, I knew I needed something needed, good, so you, I knew I needed to find this park. Did you know you needed to eat? You needed to eat the patient in another country for closure. <laughs> no, I just needed to sit and can't like it's like. <laughs> we just not let you finish it's, this one sentence. <laughs> it's so much worse, like being on public transport and eating when you're already sad. If that makes sense, like being on public transport is just already bad. <laughs> so. When I got to Vienna, beautiful, I was like in a park, I was like, ah, oh, finally, I'll, I'll, I'll just chill here, I guess, in the sun, on my bench, start eating this thing, and it's the driest, most depressing pastry I've ever eaten my, in my life, it was Very so fitting. bad, I was like, ah, oh, this is horrible, I That was a this. fuck you from her parents, Yeah, uh, that's maybe. what you get for leaving our daughter in trouble. Apparently, if you eat too many poppies, uh, you can actually fail drugs tests. Because of the trace amounts of opium mm. in there, I saw I once saw a thing on um, on Vice about some people in the Czech Republic who go out to poppy fields <laughs> and try, like and, a very vice and, try thing and, to do. and try and cook up their own heroin from like random poppy fields. I wonder what the process is. You Would like you... you make a little you make a little <laughs> trust you from Swansea. You're like, well, this is <laughs> why you do right. No, so you make a little in insi- like the the bulb of the poppy. You make a little cut, and then like it's some sort of sap substance comes out. You collect that substance, that like tarry resin. And then you just sort of purify it, and then eventually you get smack out of it. But speaking of poppy seeds, what's the food Afghan- like in Afghanistan? Oh, funny you ask. Yes. Um, so obviously, being a fairly Muslim country, the cuisine is halal, mainly based on mutton, beef, poultry, and fish, and rice. Like they love rice, obviously. Like but that. they love a biryani there. They love a plov, basically. That's oh, basically a biryani, isn't it? What just before we carry on with the food? What are the surrounding countries? So there's Tajikistan, uh, Turkmenistan, Iran, Pakistan? no, Iran, Iran yeah, yeah Iran. Iran, Pakistan, Pakistan, yeah. Um, no, maybe not Turkmenistan. I don't know. Well, maybe I, I can't you remember. I went very close to it. You drove past Afghanistan, basically, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's true. Yeah, Tajikistan, maybe Kyrgyzstan, China. I think. Hold on, hold the phone. I hold. think China is. I I know for a fact Tajikistan is. Yeah, Uz- Tajikistan is definitely. Yeah, because Uz- I've got a slick little fact about that. Uzbekistan is. Yeah, so definitely not Turkmenistan then. And Tajik, Pakistan, Iran, and Turkmenistan. N- oh no, nope. not China. Ang <laughs> Angabanga. No, not China. Huh. Must be quite close though. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a tumultuous area there, really. Actually, isn't no, maybe it? China. 
Yes, yes, China, because it's got this little dangly thing. What that, China, Afghanistan, China's dangly Afghanistan, bits. and that that bit goes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so, yeah. as you were. Uh, yeah, and apart from rice and plov, also naan bread, a lot of yogurt uh, in dairy in general, dried fruit, and a lot of tea as well. So the national dish is a plov, of course, uh, called kabuli or something like that. I think I it might be different, but I just it's probably uh, kabul car- plov, isn't it? Yeah, but I think I misspelled Kabul, is that how you Im- supposed to pronounce it? Don't know. Kabul. Kabul? Kabul? I don't know. Save um, that for the turkey the episode. <laughs> so for those who don't know what a plov is, it's just like a, a dish, like rice, and then you add stuff. And in this case, it's either uh, lamb or chicken. Uh, there's carrot strips, raisins, and eastern spices. And it's traditionally topped with uh, chopped almonds and or pistachios. Have you, ever had, great. have you ever had pilau rice? Pilau is, is the root yeah. for plov. Oh, okay. But, I mean, the Uncle Ben's packets are not exactly the same as what you get there. It's yeah. it's eaten like all over Central Europe, uh, Central Asia, where you've got like the big dish in the middle of the uh, the table. And then I suppose some use uh, spoons, but I think a lot of them also use just a naan bread or the mm. hands to eat you eat on the ground as well don't you it's like uh, i read that you have like it's normally like a cloth and then all your different dishes and then you'll have one big dish in the middle that you use your naan yeah. bread as a as a vessel a vessel the vessel to transport the food to, the to your face yeah well what, what else they got is it i'm sure they've got a lot more but they must because it's like it's super. It's like really ethnically diverse, isn't it? Um, well, it's it was in so many empires and next to Silk Road as well. So yes. Fun fact about diversity: there, there's only one Jewish person left in Afghanistan. Oh yeah, with one synagogue. Is he the rabbi? I think so. I'll tell you right now. And there's no Christian churches. Is there not? Country. No official ones. Like, there might be some in someone's back garden. There's even less now. But we'll get to that later. We shall get to that. There's only one Jewish person left. Yeah. His name is Zablom Simonatov. That's a strong... Yeah. Strong name. So the Jews were living in Afghanistan for the last 1,500 years, and their population in 1948 was over 5,000. Then in 1951, when the government of Afghanistan allowed Afghani Jews to emigrate from the country without having to revoke citizenship uh, in 1979, when the Soviet Union invaded. Um, And then by 1996, the population of Jews had dwindled down from 5,000 to 10. And then by the 21st century, there was only one running synagogue in the whole country. And then in 2001, the synagogue located on Flower Street in Kabul was home to the last two remaining Jews in the entire country, Zablon Simintov and Ishak Levin. And they were famous for being arch rivals and repeatedly turned each other into the Taliban. Oh, I love that. Repeatedly. Yeah, repeatedly. So they got released and then... What for? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And this uh, feud was a plot line for a New York City play entitled The Last Two Jews of Kabul. I love um, that. And then in 2005, the feud ended when Levin died of natural causes. Oh, allegedly. Um, natural causes. Allegedly. Too much opium. <laughs> and then leaving Simintov as the last remaining Jew in all of Afghanistan. It's like Highlander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, yeah, and his so two daughters alive, moved basically. to Israel. Um, Do you have a visit? I don't know. Maybe but then they'll bring it up to three Jews in the country. That's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to food, for example, he has to receive special permission from the nearest rabbi who lives in Uzbekistan to slaughter his own meat and call it kosher. What, like a video call? <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. he sends him a letter. To bring it down a little bit, Smintov's Torah was stolen by the Taliban in the early 2000s. He has since focused his efforts towards tracing the stolen Torah to Guantanamo Bay, where he believes the thief to be is in US custody. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to rain on your parade, Zablon. But that's always been burnt, mate. It's not there. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm sad. It's a travesty. But 
Oh, cool. Hang on. He gets funds and care packages from international Jews and sympathetic Afghani Muslims, keeps the synagogue intact, and runs a kebab restaurant with all Muslim chefs. Well, and recently, it, would be, yeah. his <laughs> restaurant has been failing, which he blames on the US military's withdrawal from the area. Which makes sense. Because there's a lot less people that would eat kebabs. Really? Well, but the US military wouldn't be the wouldn't be the highest They've got consumer of kebabs. By the sounds of it, it is. Wow. Yeah. Who'd have thought Bloody it? Yanks. Hmm. So I thought that was, was a very I really want to see that play. Yeah. The last two Jews of like, Kabul. It sounds like a great film. So yeah. I have, yeah, that would be great. Or sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two people who hate each other living together. That's, when, that's already a do you premise. Think they live together. No, they, they probably didn't live together because well, they, they had, they had rival synagogues. No, I think no, I, no, I, well, I'm not sure synagogue. if there was. I don't. I think there was one synagogue. Yeah. So imagine they just. <laughs> I can, I'm not saying this for sure. I'll have to fact check that. But um, just imagine they both sat opposite each other, reading their books backwards, <laughs> and just like occasionally getting up and glancing at each other and just. <clears throat> yeah. Straight back to it. One starts telling a joke and I was like, I already heard this. Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, speaking of films. Hi, ass. Have you guys seen The Kite Runner? No, I've not. It? No. I've not. So it's set there. Um, and one of the... Uh, have you... Because you're looking into sports at the moment, right? So kite flying is one of their... like. Yeah, so that's the whole thing. You will fly your kites. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, good job. Um, <laughs> and they basically you attack the other kites, and I think there's like almost that's like really cool like razor wire. Yeah, yeah. And you try and cut the the kite. Yeah. And the last kite that gets cut, there's like this race to go and to go and get it. It's like wind assisted conkers. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> But um, that's a very famous film made um, about the I, kite flying there. I found that I kind of rediscovered that while I was looking at famous people in Afghanistan. What, famous kite flyers? No, no, I was oh, like... I mean famous I was, like, the films, yeah, yeah, famous people from there. Um, and there was a... Yeah, his name's Ahmed Khan Mam Midzada. And he played the role of Hassan and the best friend of the main character in The Kite Runner. Um and there's a, a bit of a nasty history about when he was younger in the film because there's a very graphic scene and he said he wouldn't have taken the part had he known about the graphic scene. It's an older fella going after a younger fella. So he didn't, oh, read, yeah. The, he yeah. didn't read the script. He didn't read the script. Um, so they, they changed that scene in the film. Well, they got rid of the buggery. Yeah. Oh, no, the buggery was still, <laughs> the buggery was still in there, but it wasn't as graphic as it was in the script. Mm. that's nice of them yeah <laughs> but yeah the videos of uh kite flying is is really cool but and i'd recommend reading it or and or watching it all right it's a very good book. give it a crack um shall i read through some of the famous yeah, yeah just, just quickly before you say that yeah. uh national sport is cricket yeah they're in, the, they're in, the, cricket. Yeah. They're in the cricket world cup yeah they, they borrow the old uh goat polo nice from uzbekistan Kyrgyzstan? Kyrgyzstan? Yeah. So you know where they... Oh, I remember yeah. that. Was that in Mongolia? Uh, I think it's... They might it play it there like as well, but it's Kyrgyzstan's like official sport. Mm. Um, one of our friends was playing it the other day. Yeah, shout out Bato. No, Budo. Budo. Not, yeah. not Bato, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one was the coolest famous person of note that I came across. Um, his name's Abdul Ahad Mahamand. And he became the first and currently uh, only Afghan citizen to journey to outer space. He spent nine days abo uh, aboard the Mir space station in 1988. And he was the first cosmonaut to speak the Pashto language after he made a telephone call to Afghanistan. Nice. And it was uh, making it the fifth language to be officially spoken in space. What are the other five? I'm guessing Russian, Russian English, English, French, French. Italian. There's, there's, a, lot of oh, there's Italian. a lot of Italians go up as well. Chinese? Chinese. Oh, no, oh, no, I mean yeah. four. Maybe the Chinese is one of layer. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Can't call them um, Chinese. <laughs> I, I've just kind of gone for more contemporary famous people because 
you go back through Off history. Back, you had, like, can you know? Like, can you remember? Or do you know any As- Afghan? Aside from Hamid Karzai, no. Who was the? He was the. He was the president who was first installed after the invasion in 2001 and he was pretty corrupt yeah i I, basically if you search for famous people from afghanistan 95 percent is just old presidents from history um and political figures there's nilufar romani who's the first female fixed-wing air force aviator in afghan history and the first female pilot in the afghan air force since the fall of the taliban and her family received death threats, obviously, because she was a woman. Um, but she completed her training and won the U.S. State Department's International Women of Courage Award. Nice. Badass. And then probably no one would know her name. <laughs> I didn't even write her name down. <laughs> the Afghan girl from the Did National Geographic cover. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. So. Um, it was last year's, wasn't it? No, this oh, was like from 85. Last year, oh, maybe there's it might a very be an updated one. one. Uh, after oh, the, they traced the her. They time. traced her back. Yeah, so she's ah, oh, she's somewhere in Europe. I think she's in Italy now, but in I think it was 2016, she was caught in Pakistan with like forged papers, and then got put in prison for a while, and then she fled to to Europe. Naughty. But she didn't like it. She 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 didn't like the fact that it was published without her That's consent. Um, and That's that photographer enough. made. Bank, I'm guessing, because she was in a refugee camp when when he took it as well. I mean, the most amazing eyes you've ever seen, right? Mm. Still, it's one of the most famous photographs ever. Yeah, yeah. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And that was that was my list of famous people. I'm, I'm sure... You've nice. got a, a lot in the barrel with uh, the, the history. I've got too much. I've got too much in the barrel. The thing is, there's there's a lot. Like it's all. Like, it's constant. So yeah. there's never a period where I, they're not making history. I looked up on the internet history of Afghanistan by internet, I mean Wikipedia, and there's there's too many words for me to say. It would be, be like a ten hour podcast. So what I'm going to do instead is go through a list of every single subheading on wikipedia for the various historical periods that's, that's i think that's yeah. reasonable yeah yeah prehistory don't know what that is indus valley civilization bactria Mag- magiana bactria yes it must be from where the camels come from yeah that's what i was thinking um then you have the ancient period the gandhara kingdom that's uh 1500 to 535 bce then the Cambodia Kingdom, Achaemenid what? Kingdom, Alexander the Great and the Seleucus, Seleucus, the Mauryan Empire. Then you're into the Classic Period, 250 BCE to 565 CE. Greco-Bactrian Kingdom, Indo-Greek Kingdom, Indo-Scythians, Indo-Parthians, Kushans, Sasanian Empire, Huna, Kidarites. Alcon Huns, the White Huns, the Nezak Huns, now we're into the Middle Ages, 565 to 1504 oh CE, God. the Kabul Shahi, the Islamic conquests, Gaz- Ghaznavids, Gordis, the Mongol invasion, now we're into the modern, fucking hell, 1504 to 1973, the Mughals, Uzbeks, and Safavids. Saf- the Hotak dynasty, Ashvahid invasion and the Durrani Empire, Barakazi dynasty and the British influence, the reforms of Amanullah Khan and civil war, reigns of Nadir Khan and Zahir Khan, and then the contemporary era, 1970 to present, Republic of Afghanistan, Afghanistan, the end of the monarchy, 1973, the Democratic Republic and the Soviet war, 78 to 89, foreign interference and civil war, so 1989 to 1996, uh, the Taliban and the United Front, and then 2001 onwards, NATO presence, 
up until last year, the year before last, with the with the US US withdrawal. Absolute mess. Big big old mess. Fucking loads of history, and I could have gone picked the odd little section to talk about, but it would be mental. Like the fact that Alexander the Great's been there, was there. The British tried to conquer. Genghis failed. Genghis Khan was there. They still managed to give them cricket, though. Yeah. So did they fail? So yeah, every cloud. Um, <laughs> and well, we've got a new national sport. Don't worry about the last two and a half thousand years of us getting I think, fucked by the rest of the world. Well, you say getting fucked, like they've been sort of, I guess, like tacitly absorbed by all these various empires and kingdoms, but never really like they've always just done their own little thing. They've always mm. fought back, and they've always tended to win. Like even like it's really there's a really amazing documentary. Oh, by Adam Curtis called Bitter Lake uh, and it's about a lake in Afghanistan and sort of a secular and how like history is really deeply interconnected and small things that you don't really think of have massive implications so one example would be like during the Soviet invasion of um, Afghanistan or the defense of Afghanistan depending on how you look at it um, basically there was a, a socialist government in Kabul and the Soviets went in to prop up that regime. The CIA and the US government were funding, as you probably know, were funding the Mujahideen, who were the ultra-religion, ultra-religious Islamic sort of uh, insurgents against that socialist government. And then 20 years later, surprise, surprise, like Afghanistan becomes a hotbed of Islamic terrorism and most of the like 9-11 people were either trained there or went to camps there and it's all that sort of circular narrative mm. um, and it's just been a litany, a litany like with most things like where foreign powers have got involved it creates it ripples much more than you expect it to in uncontrolled ways and ends up coming back on you and biting you in the ass. Mm. Mm. I, I, when did you say NATO left? NATO God, like two years ago? Is it do you know if there's been much Well the Taliban took over again. And at the start they were like, Oh, we're not gonna change that much. Yeah, it's just women are gonna be allowed to go to uni and stuff like that and pretty much like a month or two ago they said Yeah, they banned uh, they banned all all girl education after like nine I think or something. Isn't it? It's about I think it's they stop women going to parks. Amusement parks. parks. Amusement parks. So it's going to be how boring it would be just just lads. There'd be no. It would just be like, Way! on the roller coasters. Massive, cue, massive queue at the punching thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, uh, I, this is a rough. I, I, I can't a hundred percent remember, but the literary li- literacy rate is really fucking low. I think it's like mid forties. I've got it written down. Um, I think it's like forty six percent. I will tell you, hopefully, in the next couple of seconds. Um, hey, the male, male, fifty two percent. Female, twenty three percent. Twenty three percent. But there's a whole thing. Have you heard about? Uh, they call Afghanistan the graveyard of empires. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's yeah. like a famous sort of name they've given it because you like, really have to look at the geography for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To really understand, like the mountains. Basically, anyone who's tried to invade it has never had full control over the country. Mm. The and only you, control you, that the Americans had was the road in the middle. It's just a they, circle. They kept around. getting blown up as well in parts. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see what NATO had there? The big white blimp. Heard no. about that? No. They just in the middle of Kabul. They just had this giant white blimp overlooking the entire city. Did it say NATO on it? I'm not sure if it said NATO on it, but it was just observing. It was just up there for oh, it was like, ages. <laughs> it was like an easy target. Yeah, yeah, good target practice and probably easy to take down as well. Yeah. But yeah, it was up there 24 hours a day just monitoring the entire uh, I think, city and it made a lot of people nervous. Well, that's not to mention like the fucking drone wars that happened there. Like, mm. There's, there's, I can't imagine the percentage of the population there. Because like, imagine like Afghanistan was in war uh, for like 20 years uh, I mean, people who were born and grew up into young adults just all they've lived is horrendous occupation and war and like lack of stability plus PTSD from fucking drones yeah. there's a really good John Oliver segment about drones where they talk about like 
like cartoons of drones and stuff. It's fuck. It's super dark, and it's it's yeah. It's a really sort of disgusting legacy that that unfortunately the UK and has got its name all over. It's just since two thousand and well since nine eleven. It's just it's uh, for me. It's just been portrayed as just this crazy wild west that's just constantly fighting. I think a lot of that is because we and the the west is very good at this not wanting to like overanalyze things too much but like you want to see everything as a binary like yeah we we good they they bad islamic terrorists are from there therefore they must be bad and it really misses like local nuance and there's a whole thing about how a lot of the local sort of warlord not warlords but the local sort of regional leaders and sort of heads of clans or small ethnic groups would be like deliberately denouncing local rivals as Taliban to the US just so that they could position themselves in better regional power. So it's not really a broader like narrative of West versus Islam Islamic terrorism or whatever. It's actually local politics which is played out under with this sort of it's like the illusion of the Taliban over the top of it. Yeah, well, with, with with this sort of apparatus that will allow you to sort of leverage more power. It's mm. like and and the UK and the US and NATO fundamentally missed that. So they were just like, oh shit, we're just we're locking up loads of Taliban people. There's loads of bad guys and there are all here. these guys who are who who are friends with us. And then they're not surprised that ten years later, when the Taliban start pushing back, that those same warlords or those same sort of tribal leaders who are on their side immediately are like, actually, for my political and life survival, I'm going to the Taliban now. Like, it's not like... Yeah. And then we look surprised when it's all gone to shit. Because it's... It was... Um, I read today as well that it was, uh, or it is, the most documented country over the last 20 years as well. It's the most spoken about on I all the news platforms. So it's on the tip of everyone's tongue. It you, always has been. Do you know anyone from? Because you went, you went to South Wales school. I went to South Wales school. Do you know any, any boys from your school uh, join the army and go to Afghanistan? Yeah, we had a few in our school. Yeah, yeah, really? loads. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've met anyone who's been because the, I mean, there's still tours, of course, but the main chunk of fighting was the early two thousands. I mean. Mm. But yeah, but the pe- people were still people were still rotating out to like Hellman all the time from the UK. Like, yeah, I know a few people who went out as engineers. Like, yeah, I think uh, I knew a few in, in engineers. Actually, as well. I should say that, but I do know someone who went to Afghanistan. It's mad. It's, you don't think about yeah. it. A lot of people on the rally. You could. So, have you heard about the the soft border between yeah, yeah, Tajikistan yeah. and Afghanistan? No. There's just this shared market that people from Af- Afghanistan and Tajikistan. Is it not on the bridge to. or something? I'm not sure if it's on a bridge. Oh. It's but basically you have to surrender your passport so you can't cross into Afghanistan from Tajikistan. Mm. And there's just this market that they share their goods and people go and buy Afghan products. I'm guessing rugs. Yeah. Well the oh. way that Ed was talking about. Um well, actually, yeah. But yeah, you get an armed guard who holds your passport ransom so you don't run away. Huh? Um, but it just seems like this really beautiful, like softness on the edge of their terrifying border i have to say like having driven like past that border there's nothing like it's it's really calm and quiet because it's just nature's just mountains there's not much there i've I've heard i've heard other things but it's it's constant like tension and when sam was uh, on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago he was telling he was saying uh, telling a story of how we were camping in Tajikistan and from the mountains it was like this uh, spotlight that was shining on us uh, in the middle of the night and we got quite scared from Afghanistan not even because we that was before we reached but but you just feel like you're constantly uh, maybe that was just our experience after feeling that in the first day in the Pamis Mm. but we were in the mountains first night clearly you're not spied on but like People are aware you're around. We're just hundred percent because fuck all else goes on yeah, there. Yeah, we're just wild camping there, and then just this spotlight in the middle of the night just shines on us, and we're like, shit, what's going on? And then the next few days, without really thinking about it, you know, you, you just constantly feel like this is a place that is a lot more tense than mm. other places. All those, like naturally, like just stunning. In the air. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's I've, so I've heard beautiful. people going down those roads hearing machine gun fire. I don't think we heard anything, to be honest. Right. But that can also literally be like weddings. Like people just fly in the <laughs> yeah. air for weddings and stuff like that. That happens a lot. Um, those famous machine gun salutes. That actually, like, even in, I think I heard some in Turkey. Uh, yeah, they love, they love gunshots pop, popping off at a wedding. Yeah. I wish we could do that here. Yeah. Yeah, same. Anyway, rugs. to shoot a gun. Rugs. I've still never shot a so gun. I was, I was, I was looking at... Neither have I. <laughs> I was looking at art, and I thought... You know what? Afghan rugs are art. Uh, yeah. But you don't see it. Like, if you, like, Google, like, Afghan art, you won't see anything about rugs. That's too, the rug's too far away for you. That's a Tajik rug, actually, yeah. just there. Nice. Mm. Very nice. Do you remember Freddie and Sasha? They, they brought yeah, it Yeah, uh, actually. Us. Oh, they did? Yeah. Huh. I was yeah, yeah. talking to them today, actually. Oh, no shit. Shout uh, out Freddie and Sasha. Yeah, so they've got different styles. Like, we always see Afghan rugs as, like, one thing. But they've got different styles depending on the region. And the the styles uh, vary in, like, obviously what's depicted on, on them. Like, what's actually, like, there might be an elephant on them or just flowers or whatever. Um, and their sizes are also different. Um, usually they're, like, not massive. But some can be huge uh, because they put them like on the floor, but also on walls uh, in like ex-Soviet countries and stuff. Like yeah, that. we don't do enough of uh, wall rugs. Yeah, I quite like it to be fair. It's cozy. I like, I like a good wall yeah. rug. Mm. Uh, so their names come from the cities they're made in. So if you hear of like a Shindad rug or Adraskan rug, it's because the town where it's made from is called Shindad or Adraskan. Um and in 2021, they produced 800 square meters of rugs. 800,000 square meters of rugs, sorry. It's a lot of rug. It's a lot of rug, yeah. Uh, Was it just one rug? <laughs> How many like, Luxembourgs is that? <laughs> wait, that, I've actually not done the math, but <laughs> this is um, worth only $30 million, though. I would have expected it to be a lot higher. Yeah. That, is that local rates, though? Well, that's, I imagine once they get it out, yeah, like, over jack, here. Jack the oh yeah, yeah. Out. I mean, the first bank, yeah. The Same first as Moroccan exports. rugs as well. They're like, I mean, they're not even cheap there, but you buy buy a rug mm. here, it's just so just expensive. Barter yeah. well enough, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose it's quite hard to you know get to Afghanistan, buy a rug, and come back home. Um, and actually, Do you you'd have to declare it. Yeah, you can't just <laughs> get on the plane with a rug and. I <laughs> I saw, so this is the best oversized luggage workaround I've ever seen in Morocco. I may have told it previously, but I, yeah. I was in Agadir Airport and uh, it was an easy jet flight. And they're like, your luggage is too big. You've got too much stuff. It's too heavy. So he wrapped a rug around his waist and he put the top of a tagine on his head. And they were like, you can't do that. And he was like, why? Like, uh, okay. And they just let him on. But he literally put it around well, his waist. How, how big was the rug piece time? It was, it was like long. It was, like, like, it, was, it was long. <laughs> Fair enough. That was, that was a great moment. And a yeah. fun fact, during the war, <laughs> that's what I said on the website. <laughs> Absolute which, bands. Which, which war? Yeah. Um, a lot of the rugs were actually exported via Pakistan. Um and then the Pakistani just added their own tag, like made in Pakistan. So if you find a rug somewhere that looks like an Afghan rug and it's got a label made in Pakistan, it's actually probably produced in Pakistan, in, uh, in Afghanistan. Those cheeky Pakistanis. Yeah, very cheeky. <laughs> uh, one last thing I wanted to say about art for Afghanistan is that you you mentioned pre uh, prehistoric things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Bamiyan in central Afghanistan is home to the world's oldest oil painting. Uh, scientists discovered the paintings on cave walls and dated them from the 7th century AD. Europeans didn't start adding oil to paint until much later, around the 13th century. Right. Did you Have you seen pictures of it? No, I haven't. It's actually. shit. <laughs> yeah, is it? It's, yeah, it's shit. Is it shit? Yeah, yeah. I reckon I'd be able to do better. What, no, no depth. No depth. No perspective. No perspective. Fucking hell. <laughs> no, it's pretty fucking impressive, but, actually. I mean, it's not, but it's impressive <laughs> that it's that old. Yeah. And they were the first. Yeah. And they depict Buddhas and mythical creatures. Oh. Well, I've got, I have actually. Have you got one? Uh, 
not mythical creatures, but I've got stuff about Buddhas and Buddhism. Oh, how do you want? How do you want to play this? Uh, let's, you know, let's go from creatures, and then I'll talk about wildlife, and then we'll shift on to nice. some tourism stuff to lighten the. Right, well, I've got a bit of a confession. This one, this mythical cre- creature, is normally found in the mountainous regions of northern Pakistan, which I assume to mean it crosses the border into Afghanistan. So yeah. I'm taking it. It's a soft border, mate. Um, <laughs> you just eat, you only find them in the market. So this Badmanu, uh, Badmanau, or Badmanus, Badman, Badman. Um, is a bipedal humanoid primate cryptid, aka so it's aka Bigfoot. It's just stood up on two legs. Primate. Oh, it's a primate. Okay, yeah. which allegedly, allegedly inhibits the mountainous regions of northern Pakistan. Shepherds in the mountains have reported sightings. Uh, is Pakistan's equivalent of Bigfoot? The term Baramanau originating in Hua. <laughs> It's like, like Al Pacino warming up. Um, oh. <laughs> but it's now used in several Pakistani languages, including Urdu, Shina, Pashto, and Kashmiri. Um, the proposed range of the Baramanau covers the Chitral and Karakoram ranges between the Pamirs and the Himalaya. Um, so, yeah, it's Central Asian Yeti, Yeti of the Himalayas. Does he do anything crafty? Um it possesses both human and ape-like characteristics, has a reputation for ab- abducting women and, attempt- <laughs> <laughs> and, attempt- and attempting to mate with them. It and also- stealing the last Malteser. Wait, yeah. just yeah. attempting. Attempting to mate with them. It also appears to wear animal skins upon its back and head. Uh, it appears in the folklore of northern region of Pakistan, and depending on uh, where the stories come from, it tends to be either described as an ape or wild man, um, someone went out on an expedition, some Spanish bloke, Jordi Magrana, um, and he wrote a paper in Les, Les Omenids Relique d'Asie Centrale. My favourite book, that. Um, it's French. Yeah. He's Spanish. But he was also murdered in, in, he was murdered in Afghanistan in 2002. He's still looking for it. Well, I guess we know who murdered him. The Jew. No, the ape. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just snitching on him. The only Jewish man in (laughs) Afghanistan. (laughs) His name was Levin, wasn't it? Levin and Zonid. Zon Zonid. Zon Yeah. Zon Don Don. Yeah. I I apologize. Anyway, talk more about animals. Oh, so real ones. When you said had furs on its back, it did make me think about one of the creatures I was going to talk about. So their national animal is the snow leopard, which is like one of the most endangered big cats, one of the most endangered famous animals on earth. Um, and that's because they're hunted for their pelts and, uh, for Chinese dick medicine. They use well. their dicks for medicine. Yeah. Well, they just grind down their bones and turn it into stuff. Dick medicine. Yeah. yeah. Um, their national bird is a golden eagle. Rad. Dugster. National dog. Guess. Afghan hound. Oh yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Their silky, flowers silky. are tulip, not a poppy, surprisingly. Deflection. Um, and their national fruit <laughs> the national fruit is a pomegranate. Nice. Yep. Strong fruit. To be honest, I'd only ever have a pomegranate in a salad or a, or atop some sort of falafel wrap. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't I put I put the I put pomegranate in my um stuffing. Oh yeah, class us. Oh, nice, smart move. That's mm-hmm. a good move. And dried cranberries. Uh <laughs> back to Afghanistan. <laughs> um the highest point in the country uh, is 7,492 metres. It's pretty high. That's yeah. very high. Yeah, it's very high. But, uh, yeah, species is... Uh, most species out there is dwindling because of all of the war, hunting, and uh, drought. Tigers used to roam the hills, but they're now extinct there. Bears and wolves have been hunted to near extinction. And then in warmer areas, they've actually got species of primates the rhesus macaque and something else natural that's very interesting is the country is rich in the vibrant blue stone lapis lazuli which used to be decorated the tomb lapis lazuli lazuli that one yeah that was used to decorate the tomb of egyptian king tutankhamun they've got loads of emeralds there as well in afghanistan it's like the world's largest producer of emeralds no shit yeah loads of illegal emerald mines not surprising (coughs) the Uh, second part Rainfall in Afghanistan is very scarce, and most of the water 
uh, lands there goes into other, all the neighboring countries. I can imagine it would. Yeah. It probably like joins up with the, the Ganges or the Indus or one of those main rivers, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he says speculatively. The temperature varies from minus 25 to plus 50 degrees. Whoa. Oh, that, that's a bit of a variation indeed. Yep. And over the last several decades, 90% of the forests have been destroyed. 90? Yeah, 90%. Drone, and drones. Mostly exported yeah. to neighboring Pakistan. But the Karzai in, uh, administration, which I'm presuming is the current one. Uh, no, that was the, the one before the Taliban. Ah, Okay. Um, and lots of international organizations are countering the problem by planting millions of trees. Good on them previously, but yes. I'm sure the Taliban aren't doing a good job on that. And I was looking into tourism. There's a lot to look at, but I just want to start with my favorite. So there's a sports facility there called Skaterstan. Oh my God. And a pair of Australians came to Afghanistan with three skateboards. A dream. <laughs> And a dream, <laughs> and they basically skateboarded around the country, and loads of kids and young people were amazed and fascinated by it. So they set up a facility. Wonder what the Pashto word for do a kickflip is. <laughs> Sweet flips, uh, but yeah, they're, it's like a, a charity, and That's they cool, teach kids man. how to skate. Um, and they've got this lovely little community of, of skateboarders. There's an Af there's an Afghan women's cycling team. Who were well? They've been closed down now, but um, they used to train out on the roads in Afghanistan, like in their like road bike racing, like Tour de France type stuff. Would women have to wear hijabs? Yeah, they'd, like they'd have to be veiled. Yeah, so it's not you're not getting a lot of aero gains. Out of that. No, I was gonna say <laughs> um, you can still draft though. <laughs> yeah, true. That's all I have. I I didn't do an alpha guest house. I didn't think it would be fair. Um, there's only about. There's not that many hotels there. There's all, uh, 120. Carbol and they're all pretty decent because they're, they're all for fucking dignitaries and shit. Mm. Um, and the bad ones, I'm guessing. What I'm saying is not enough. Not enough Karens go to Afghanistan to leave scathing reviews on TripAdvisor. Yeah. Um, but I assume they're out there. But you know, we'll give you a pass this time, Afghanistan. There's a bunch of stuff with, with the tourism. There's some beautiful mountains and uh, wild landscapes. There's obviously loads and loads of mosques. Is it not like 20,000? Oh, it might be a different country. Probs. don't know. Mosques. But there's, uh, despite all the destruction of the Taliban and previous <laughs> destruction in the country, there's still remnants of Buddhism left I've around the country. This, yeah. Two of uh, the world's largest Buddhas statues were found there, um, but they've since then been destroyed. But there's also quite a few like painted Buddhas as well, aren't there? Yeah, so they're called the Bam Baminyan Buddhas. Um, well, that's the what I was talking about. The Bamyan is that not the cave paintings? Uh, well, Probably, yeah. It might be there as well. But yeah, they were destroyed by the um, the Taliban in two thousand and one, and that's one of the few kind of evidence of 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 buddhism in the country but the two main ones were 53 and 35 meters high and also one of my favorite things is that there's like this subterranean buddhist temple called the stupa takti rostam and the only evidence from the top is that there's this small building and then there's these eight meter drops that leads into this how do you go down do you repel <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let's go for repelling. Um, with uh, there's like five chambers, and that's where uh, there was a lot Buddhism of Buddhist happens. action. Yeah, and I, I've got a couple of little whistle stop facts that I found quite funny. In most gyms out there, you will see lots and lots of pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the poster boy for muscle builders. Is that and because he, no? They must have loads of ones of Rambo as well because he he went there in Rambo Part Three and beat the Soviets for them. <laughs> Well, the the reason they've got him up there is because they say he looks like an Afghan. Okay. Really? Not really seeing it. But nope, nope, don't what, see that at all. What do I know? Yeah. Nice. And that's that's me. There's there's a lot of, of cool tourism sites that I'd suggest looking at. Um, yeah, it looks like an amazing place to go. Before August 2021, it would have been on my list of places to go because it was possible to go like mm. people 
went and i mean we've seen this like not just like from nature but there's also history there's like a lot to see jesus christ yeah well, um three thousand years of and and the rest yeah. yeah and from like everywhere as well like influenced from from everywhere and i love that part of the world as well like central asia is just amazing and afghanistan is just it looks looks mm. amazing it's i mean it's on the it's list so but obviously there's a, a temporary hiatus on one in to, hope it's temporary. to get there well there's a really the scheme of things it's going to be temporary yeah. but it's just whether it's there's a really sad thing about the current, the fact that the Taliban are back, not because they're doing all these horrible things, but because at the moment, Afghanistan, like, so once the Taliban took power again, they, the US basically froze all of their assets and, uh, and put loads of sanctions on them. So it made it really difficult for international aid organizations to do any work. So like the Afghan government cannot get, even even if the Taliban weren't terrible, they have no access to international funding to help fix any of the endemic problems that 20 plus years of war. And then to be honest, like just remember like Afghanistan only had five years of peace between the end of the civil war in 1996 and when NATO invaded. And then that was almost like three years after the Soviet war ended. So there's Afghanistan has been in like perpetual war since like 1978, almost. And yes, Taliban terrible, but, they can't even like access any their own money to fix things, even though they're making things worse for conditions for women and stuff like that. Like, there's still so many like hurdles that we could take off them, or America really could take off them to try and start improving things. Mm. But I'm pretty sure that <clears throat> that's from John Oliver, isn't it? It well? is from John yeah. Oliver. Do you watch it too? Yeah, yeah, I watch him all the time. But he's got a very good yeah episode on uh in afghanistan and that that the level had i completely forgot about it because it's so hard like do, what do you do do you first of all you have to accept that you just got you know you just wasted 20, 20 years 20 years and, and, and trillions of, of dollars and, and, and lives. hundreds and thousands of people yeah yeah uh so first of all you have to accept that and then you have to accept that you open up like all this wealth to the taliban that has been frozen because otherwise people keep dying but you know the taliban do have access to that money so it's, it's so complicated yeah, like they can't buy medicine or something it's, yeah. like, it's, really it's not just aid like of course it's harder for westerners like to send aid and stuff like that they because of the sanctions because they, they physically could they physically couldn't yeah. access money like but, actual cash but like. even if they wanted to you know build a highway without aid with their own money they can't even do that like it's mental it's what do you do like you can't do anything Anyway, we've reached an hour. It's been a bit of a, yeah, bit of a melancholic one. Sober, yeah. I think we, we, well, we I did think manage to have some, some good bits, because they are good bits. I think um, we, we all really hope that like stuff gets better for for all Afghans, because like, they've had a shit time. <laughs> that, that's putting it really lightly. But like, yeah, if anyone deserves to be on the up and up, get rid of the Taliban. And uh, yeah, do your own thing, Afghanistan. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> on that sobering note, we'll see you next week in Turkey. We'll all be wearing the same clothes. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.